What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, I sat down with a team leader who runs the highest selling team in Palm Beach County. She's been a real estate veteran for nearly eight years, specializes in high-end clients and sports and entertainment clients, has a team of 30. Welcome to the show, Holly Meyer Lucas. Welcome to the show today, Holly. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. So thankfully, uh, you were not harmed in the the tornado that ripped through uh, Palm Beach County last week. So we're we're able to be on this podcast today. Yeah, it was a doozy. It's so like in Florida, we're so used to extreme weather here, you know, with like floods and hurricanes. and, And so the tornado, when the warning started happening, we were like, it's fine. Turns out it wasn't. It's crazy. The biggest damage here, which is so... The biggest damage here, which is so like on brand for Florida, was boats being lifted out of the water, like up and out and being carried around. So that was weird. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, with the hurricanes, uh, you at least have a lot of notice, but, you know, yeah. the tornadoes or that, that insane rain that Fort Lauderdale got a few weeks ago, too. That was kind of came out of oh, nowhere crazy. as well. It's crazy how much uh, and- us as real estate professionals, like how much weather actually does impact us. So not only like with like pending contracts, but like a, a home being damaged, a listing being damaged, our signs, like there's a lot that goes into your real, a real estate career in terms of weather, shockingly. Well, tell us a little bit about, about your real estate career and how you got started and the, the you know, amazing team that you're running now and, you know, doing deals with, uh, in the sports and entertainment division, just give us give us a quick bio. Yeah, so um, my name is Holly Meyer Lucas. I am the principal team leader of the Meyer Lucas team. We're in Jupiter, Florida, which is a uh, hotbed for professional athletes and their families. Um, when I first started eight years ago, I so I grew up in Germany, and I thought that my niche was going to be that I'm European and I speak German. Um, come to quickly find out that everyone that speaks German speaks English perfectly and um, there just aren't, it's a very weird niche, like not a lot of Germans. So, um, at the time I had been, my husband played baseball professionally for like 14 years. He still works in baseball. Um, and so at the time I had been helping my friends who were baseball wives, uh, relocate to Jupiter. And it's, it's funny how like your niche sometimes finds you, which is the most authentic form of like personal brand and niche, right? Like when it finds you. And, um, so I just became known as the person that works with the baseball players, and one thing led to another. And I mean, Jupiter did me a solid by, you know, Michael Jordan's here and Tiger Woods is here. And so Jupiter in general is like the professional athlete hub. So couldn't have recreated my little brand if I tried, <laughs> which is kind of the best way to build a, a brand and a, a true authentic niche. Yeah, a lot of a lot of sports players, a lot of a lot of billionaires, too, I think, in Palm Beach County. I think yeah. they've got more billionaires in, in the county than in any other now I think I was reading it's it's yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah Forbes just came out with that um that recently and it's you know it's not surprising we have our area is it's just inundated with high net worth people who have relocated here as a result of everyone thinks that, that COVID was the biggest catalyst for this mass migration of of wealth throughout the United States you know Texas Tennessee Florida Nevada are these like hubs of relocation right and the biggest reason it's probably COVID, you know, work from home, whatever, but also the salt tax situation, which was, you know, substantial for our area. Um, that tax reform in 2018 really did 
force a lot of New Yorker and Californians hand in terms of where they, and if you're not familiar, if you're listening to this and in real estate and you're not familiar with the salt tax thing, Google it because it's definitely worth knowing about. Yeah. I, 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 I tend to agree with you. I think the migration had been happening for a while, just in, just in general for Florida's tax situation and weather and, you know, work from home has become more and more of a thing, even before COVID, like 10 years ago, no one really was on zoom. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, you're right. It, the salt thing accelerated it. Uh, and then COVID accelerated it even more. So it's just a larger pattern that's been going on for a while. How, how long have you been in, in Jupiter and Florida and, and doing real estate? Yeah, so I've been here for uh, 10 years, selling real estate for eight. And um, I've lived everywhere, all over the place, kind of a nomad, which I think as a real estate agent actually makes me a better real estate agent. A lot of times I'm up against, um, so I I have a a team of around 30 um, mix of agents and support staff. And um, the vast majority of us are from all over the place too. And Um, when we're up against, you know, for a listing, for example, when we're up against an agent that is like from Jupiter born and raised, um, I love that objection because, uh, I think we are better real estate agents for having moved across the, for what's happening in Florida specifically, like having relocated a whole bunch, changed schools as kids. Like, I just get it. I know how hard it is. You've, you've been through it or your, your team Mm -hmm. members have been through it so they can relate to prospective buyers yeah. a lot more, empathize with them more and, and help, help, you know, help them make that decision. Um, yeah. Totally. What, uh, what was the biggest challenge getting started eight years ago? <laughs> so I started my team, uh, pretty much day, like not day one, but it was like day 30. Um, I was, I started at K, KW at Keller Williams and, um, I was in the little, you know, pit in the office and a come list me call came into the office at Keller Williams, which was kind of unheard of at the time. Mm. And so, you know, I panicked and went on this listing appointment. You know, I bumbled together all these like listing materials and I went and met with this man who uh, was selling a house. It was like this tiny little, tiny little shanty of a home. God love it. It was a, a adorable little, you know, as one has first listing, right? And I sat there with him and I, I sold him on the idea of we and that I had this like team behind me and um, just kind of talked myself accidentally into this image of having a team. And um, I was coming out of the corporate world, so it wasn't like I was lying. I was just used to talking in terms of we, right? So I got back to the office at KW, and there was a girl who was like 19 years old sitting in the the pit. Her name's Savannah. And I was like, hey, you want to join my team? We have one listing. <laughs> and so she had sold. <laughs> she had sold. She had already sold a home. And I had sold. Um, I'd represented a buyer previously. So collectively we had sold homes. Right. And, um, (laughs) and then one thing led to another. And in a year, like in my first year in real estate, I made like 400 grand and had a team of like five, like pretty much immediately. Wow. That's, that's a pretty wild start. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Um, And then what, and I, the reason I like, I'm pretty outspoken, um, like on any, any talks that I give or whatever, I'm pretty outspoken. I'm pretty transparent about my start because I, I realize it's not normal. And so when people like a lot of times when, when I uh, like it, it's not normal and it's also not recommended either. Like I did everything cart before the horse, everything. I'm always doing things. 
um, cart before the horse. And like, I try to stay nimble with, um, and, and I mean that in a good way. Like I, I try to stay nimble with like our various marketing things so that, um, you know, so that, that we're able to double down when things work. And, um, you know, sometimes that strategy pans out for us and sometimes it doesn't. What, uh, system or coach or book helped you kind of model how you built your team out or were you just kind of figuring it out as you went along? <laughs> cool of hard knocks, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I really was, was building the plane as I was flying it. I think the thing, so I did about a hundred things wrong and maybe four things, right? The things that I did right were identifying when I was making a mistake and bailing on it. Like if, if we were headed in the wrong direction, I was super transparent about like, oh, that didn't work. Like we'll pivot out of it. Right. Um, I'm really hyper aware of like my strengths and weaknesses and whatnot. Um, and two, um, I think that, that paying attention to business in the United States in general, real estate agents get really hyper-focused with, you know, the real estate coaches and the real estate, the real estate specific books. And at the end of the day, running a team is like running a small business. And so if you listen to like, you know, Sarah Blakely's story or James Dyson or anyone's story, this is where podcasts are amazing, right? Like, so I always say like my mentors were like, like Barbara Corcoran's uh, Spotify channel that she had for like that episode that one time was like a one-on-one mentorship session, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely cool what podcasts have done with that. And I, I've listened to Sarah's um, story as well. And, and you're right. A lot of it is just kind of figuring out as you, as you go, like you've, you've got some drive, some end goal or idea where, where you're going to be and, but you don't exactly know how you're going to get there and it's constantly changing and, you know, people just figure it out, I think. Yeah, totally. I think the the biggest thing with it is just not pretending like, you know, all the answers. Like, I think that's where leaders really get themselves in, in, in ruts and where they make mistakes is, um, is having too big, either too big of an ego or not enough self-awareness to that. It's okay to identify that. Like, we'll see if this works. If it doesn't, we'll figure it out. So how did, how did you go from five people to now a team of 30? So I keep it specifically, I like to keep it at 30, 30 is kind of our, our cap. We have a wait list. That's, um, pretty extensive for people to join us. Anytime I've gone above that number, things just start getting kind of squirrely. Um, so I'm, I'm intentionally scaled up to that level, if that makes sense. Um, I look for people that are, that align like five out of five criteria, people that align with five out of five of our, our criteria. Um, and it's just our, like, it's our secret sauce in, in terms of the, the agents that will be fire in our ecosystem. Um, we're wrong a lot of the time. Like we have, um, you know, as most real estate teams do, we have agents that come and go and, um, but the ones that, that stick around are amazing. And our vetting process is, is probably, probably the area that I take the most seriously. Um, like our training and our vetting process around, around the agents that join us. What's the, uh, what are, what are the criteria? Those five out of five, if you're allowed to, to share. Yeah. So, um, the first, so all of this is, um, it boils down to like me as a leader and, and the type of people that are going to be like the best fit for mutually. Right. So this is, 
And I'm saying that because this works for me and it probably won't work for you and it probably won't work for the next person, whatever. So the first, first and foremost is hustle muscle. Like you have to have that second gear, that, that ability to move fast, think fast, be fast. Um, you have to have high energy. It has to sound like you're smiling on the phone. You have to have like mm. infectious high energy. There has to be a lifestyle alignment. So if I bring up the first baseman for the Yankees, like you should probably know who that is. Um, I look for, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, cause of who we work with. And also like I, I, um, again, it's like very, very specific things. So lifestyle alignment, um, savviness, like just generally being savvy to, um, to the world and world news. And it drives me nuts when people don't pay attention to, um, to like things that are happening in the world. Um, and then, uh, the fifth is, is, um, loyalty and being a good person, like what your previous bosses or exes would say about you. Um, mm. it's really, really important to me. What, um, what's been your biggest challenge so far with, you know, having a large team of 30, I know, I know a lot has gone on in the last three or four years with, you know, the first initial shock of COVID, then there's like no inventory, then some markets stopped yeah. for a while. And like, what's, you know, what's, what's been your biggest challenge you think through all of that? Yeah. I mean, all of that, like it's been, it's been a freaking doozy, you know, as a leader, like I think straight across the board, across the country, we all have that in common. You know, I think that it's staying, it's staying personally motivated to motivate others. Um, it's, it's engaging. So over the last eight years, I have tra I have a really heavy training like module. We call it the Meyer Lucas method. And it's like this training program that agents, um, you know, sign up for when they join us. And it takes a lot of time, energy and effort on my end to, you know, train brand new agents. Like any real estate leader, I feel like would nod along with that emphatically because just training in general is just a lot to do over and over and over again. Right. Um, and so I think that, that when an agent, like I've been burned so many times by agents, you know, coming and going in and out of my ecosystem and that happens, you know, that's just real estate. And so I think that getting the energy to show up the next day and train the next one, you know, knowing that squirreliness exists in our industry is, mm -hmm. is, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> is that relatable for you? Is that... No, totally. I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of lot of transition in this industry, a lot of churn, and even even the best teams, you know, you're still, you know, gonna constantly be like recruiting, onboarding, training, hire, you know, all of that. So, yeah, um, our industry is also so unique in that you like no matter how much you pour into someone and how and how how awesome they then off board. Like I always encourage agents to like I love it more than anything when an agent has been with us for a certain amount of time and then they want to go do their own thing. Like they want to start their own thing. But it's really really challenging to start your own thing without really ripping off and copying where you came from. In our industry it's just really a unique thing. Um you know, people that leave Microsoft don't go and start Microsoft unless they do, you know, but it's like, you can't copy and paste. Uh, our business is actually not that robust, right? So copying and pasting and ripping off and repeating is, um, so I think keeping my ego in check and like allowing that to happen and being okay with it is something I've really had to work on too. Yeah. How, how has the market been in your area the last year? I think in, in general, there's, 
across the country, there's less deals. Um, out west, you know, prices are double digit decreases, yeah. um, 10, 10, 15 percent. You know, northeast has been kind of flat. And I think southeast, but in particular, Florida is prices are for the most part still going up. Um, yeah. What What have you guys been seeing in terms of sales and volume? Yeah. So it's been um, it's been a doozy as a leader uh, because nationally, like we want to be paying attention to what's happening nationally. Right. And people relocating here are moving from places where there's like, well, how are things in your market? We are, we are down in volume 25, 30% and flat on pricing. And then, you know, certain areas will get tons of offers, certain type home types will get, you know, multiples still. And then others, there's a lot less interest. So it's, it's very, it's, it's very challenging. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's almost like 2021 where you don't have the right inventory you're competing, but you just don't have as much volume as you did back then. So it's it's definitely hard for agents. Yeah, no doubt. We have, uh, so we have so many people that are relocating from your area, from the Northeast, from the, like everywhere, honestly. But I always, I've, I've been recommending, um, so we, we've been handling things in like 30 day increments, right? So Q4 was like the worst quarter for everybody. And we did like 70 rental sides in Q4. Cause it was like, all right, nobody's mm. buying. Like we'll double down on rentals, see how it works. Ended up working out for us. Could have very well not worked out, whatever. So we're doing these like 30 day bite size things. So I've been advising my agents to pay close attention to like, if you have someone that's relocating from Arlington to know what the market's doing there, because their mood is going to be aligned with that. Like they can't help it. So us saying like, you know, telling a buyer, who has their home on the market, let's say with you and your team, and it's, you know, sitting and it's been three weeks and they haven't gotten an offer and they have to buy here because they're relocating us telling them that they need to put in an offer tomorrow. Like we have to set those expectations from the first phone call that like, okay, this is, and so communication between agents, like you and I talking about, like if you're referring as that client, whatever you and I talking about what the climate is where you are and me then asking you to then help me also coach the client through what our climate is like. Um, because our market is hot, like it's, it's really hot. And I think there are only a handful of markets in the country that are like that right now. Yeah, that's a really good point. Even if they're not selling a home. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, or, or they already sold it They're They still have this framework of what the market was in their area. And they, they're yeah. not just going to automatically adjust to what the reality is in their next place. So I think that that's a really good point to, you know, ask the referring agent and just talk about that up front before it becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, the, I've, learned that the I've learned that the heart, like setting expectations and God getting ahead of buyer. It's funny. Like the more, how long have you been selling real estate? 11 years now. Got it. Like the I feel like every, every time there's a confrontation with a buyer or seller, you know, they're unfortunately inevitable, but it's like, all right, now add that to the playbook of the thing that will educate ahead of it happening. Like, all right, buyer might track mud through your house. So now like we'll set that expectation up front. And, you know, it's just so funny, like how experience I think in our industry really, really matters like a lot. Contrary to what I said eight years ago when I met with my first sellers, like, <laughs> experience matters. Well, you were you were getting experience on the job and starting at a 
lower price point, working your way up. What's it, what's it like when you're working with athletes in particular? Are they, is there anything different you do for them compared to, you know, other clients? Yeah. So with athletes, um, it's for the, the vast majority of working with an athlete, like there's there, I'm going to speak in terms of like the stereotypes, right? Um, you usually don't work with the guy or girl, her or himself. It's usually their team of people. Like my network, the, if I were to, if there was a, a fire at my office and I could save one thing, it would be my database of sports agents and wealth advisors who work with athletes. That's where the vast majority of my, my contacts are. Um, the athletes themselves, you know, they come and go and it's a, it's a fickle, fickle, uh, career. I mean, you can be, if you have an eight year career as a professional athlete, like you're a baller. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So it's it, on one hand, it's recession proof because in our area, like there's always new, um, new guys, but the, the, the long career, the sports agents and the wealth advisors, and they really do help, um, their clients make decisions on real estate things. So blah, blah, blah. My point with that is that keeping the person in the loop who is really in control of the transaction, the, the agent and their financial advisor is so important. Um, not trying to go around them. If their financial advisor is advising them, you know, to make an offer in a certain, like a, a low ball offer in our hot market, for example, like that's on me to have, because I didn't educate them or I didn't have a conversation with them ahead of time. Like if there's friction because of that, that's on me. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot, uh, God, I could talk about that forever. There's a lot that goes into managing the different personalities. There are a lot of parents that get involved in their, you know, cause the, the guys are kids, you know, right. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've had a few like hockey and, um, baseball clients up here in BC before. And, um, yeah, it, you're, you are right. You're dealing with the agent or their handlers, I guess. Yeah. Financial advisors more. And I, I think that's another kind of important thing is no matter, you know, no matter what niche you're trying to get into, the the gatekeepers really are, are the ones that can drive the business, whether you're like a divorce specialist, right? There's the state attorneys, divorce attorneys, or just like the presidents of your HOA, like they, they know everything that's going on in the neighborhood. So there's, they're, they're kind of everywhere, right? So you just, yeah. you just have to think of like, who can I network with, build a relationship with that has access to hundreds of potential buyers and sellers? Yeah. And it, I mean, it's the same thing with, uh, you just brought up such a good point. Like those, those careers, those gatekeepers are, are long term, you know, unless they're bad at their job and they get fired, but like, <laughs> those, like buyers and sellers are going to come and go and, and you should build relationships with your buyers and sellers. No doubt about that. But sending the thank you note for an HOA person who like gave you the access to the thing that you needed, like those little gratitude touches for the assist is like 10 for 10, big money energy. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Before we wrap up, I always like to do a hyper fast round if you're ready for some rapid fire Q&A. Let's do it. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Don't overthink your business card design or your website. <laughs> what's, uh, what's one thing that you see uh, experienced real estate agents messing up? Uh, the value of agent to agent relationships. I think our generation of real estate agents have done a really good job of like bringing like cross brokerage colleagues in on deals. And um, I think the veteran agents, while some of them are very, very good at this, I think there's that like double ended like mentality that um, I think is a mistake. Like you make more money by doing deals faster with your colleagues. Hmm. 
All right. Uh, what's one thing you're doing in your business today that you were not doing a year ago? Oh, well, the obvious answer is AI. <laughs> like, geez, AI is nuts right now. What's uh, what? What are you most likely doing when you're not working on your real estate business? <laughs> uh, so I have three boys, and they're all active, and I love watching them play sports. It's so funny. They're like nine and seven, and um. Me from eight years ago would have been like prospecting the mm. sidelines and like trying to <laughs> make like connections on the sidelines. But Holly today is like ball caps, sunglasses, hope I don't run into a client. Like I'm here to watch my kids. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, last question. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Um, I, okay. So I, I don't like that question. Like where do you see yourself? To, and um and the reason why is because I think, so this, the name of the game with my business, like the reason why I am where I am is because I've stayed nimble and like have like pivoted and evolved. So like broad answer, like hopefully still kicking, you know, but um, sure. I'm being like a specific answer to that. That's perfectly fine. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. If people uh, listening or watching want to get in touch with you or connect or learn more about buying or selling in your area. How, how should they connect with you? Um, Instagram's always the easiest. I feel like, um, I always, am like, like quicker to respond on Instagram for some reason, which is weird. Like, are you, you're heavily on Instagram, right? Yeah. Instagram and, uh, even a lot more TikTok actually. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's funny. Got it. It's yeah. weird. Like I feel like Instagram DMs. I'm like, Oh, well, my text can wait. I'll respond to this. But yeah, holly.meyer.lucas. Instagram. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. And uh, to all of our listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in. Please give us some feedback. This was an amazing show. Please leave us a review and we'll see you next time. Thank you. It was good talking to you.